tune in to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Good evening, America. Today is November the 10th, 2013, and we're starting late because of technical stuff. It has nothing to do with me. Anyway, I want to welcome you guys to tonight's program. We have a very interesting show, and as soon as uh, we get some of this little technical junk out the way, I guess you know anytime you're working with technology, you are going to have problems. So, uh, with that said, I'm going to do my thing until I have my producer in the studio so I don't screw up your program tonight. Anyway, here's what's happening. Um, I have gotten so many emails from so many people talking about relationships and dating and get dating the wrong guy and having it blow up in their face. So I figured, you know what? That's something that we can do something about. And I have two gentlemen that are going to join me later in the program, one from Australia, another one uh, that's a good friend of mine that's an actor. I'm going to surprise you as to my guests. If you're on Facebook or you have logged in via the Internet, you know who these people are. So I am not going to spoil the surprise. I will introduce them in just a moment. However, here's what we're going to do now. Tonight, I'm going to give you a list of pointers of things that are going on and that can uh, greatly affect how you live your life and how you get the right man in your life and move the wrong man out. So with that said, I'm going to uh, now give you a list of things that men need and um, that they use, or, or should I say use, that they make decisions on when dealing with the right woman. So let me go and pull that list out right now. The drum roll. Believe it or not, men are a lot more simple to deal with than what you think. These, uh, When you look at us, the things that typically come to mind is men are shallow, that men lack uh, empathy, that they don't know what they want in a woman, that uh, the experience that you had with that last immature guy that was in your life um, comes back to haunt you. Well, today what we're going to discuss is how do you find the right man, and I'm going to give you a list of things that will make sense prior to bringing my guest on. Get a pen out, ladies. Here's what you want to write down. Now, these are things that men love about women, and these are things that you probably wouldn't even think matter to your man. Here's the first one. All good men, and let me define a good man. A good man is the type of guy that you can look at and you can say, you know, I want my son to be like this. I want to see these values and the man that I am raising. A lot of you, especially you single moms out there, if you're parenting a teenager, you are either in heaven or hell right now with your son. You're either sitting there going, I am so proud of him, or what in the hell is this boy doing? Well, 
there's a reason for that, and that's because these men have these young men haven't had a role model to give them an indication as to what's right or wrong, or let's just say perhaps your son has had such a role model. And that role model is working all the time, but he's not there to fill in these gaps, to give him what he needs to have in, in order to make these fine turns in life without hitting some bumps. So here are some of the things that real men love about women. And I'm going to go down this list, and ladies, write this down. If you miss this, you are going to miss a lot of meat that's going to come out tonight's program. The first thing a man loves is drive. Now, what do I mean by that? Real simple. No man wants to take care of your behind all his life. I've heard women ask me things like, well, you know, if he's a good man, he should be a provider. Girlfriend, you are 100% correct. He should be a provider. But in 2013, it takes two to make it. And if you are fortunate enough to go and get the type of man that can provide for you while you sit on your butt and watch soap operas and put uh, pieces of cucumber over your eyes, I'm going to caution and warn you, that guy that wants you, that wants to treat you like an object of desire, don't you get pissed off, ladies, when you end up being just that, an object of his desire. That man that puts you on a pedestal, where do trophies go? They go in a case, and, or where do toys go? They go in a box. So when this guy decides he does not want to play with you anymore or he finds a trophy that's a bit more shiny and a lot more illustrious than the trophy, you used to be, don't get mad because your lack of drive put you there. Men want, they want a woman that is, you know, being sexy is all good, but if there's a trait that really turns a guy on, it's going to be the fact that he can share his dreams and you can help not only make his dreams, but your dreams come true. I'm going to give you another one. Be authentic, girls. Stop trying to be like the hair in your head, for some of you, fake. Now, don't write me any letters talking about how much you paid for your weed. But I'm going to be honest with you. When it's okay to have a weed, so for all of you out there going to say, oh, he no, he didn't. Yeah, I'm not trying to talk about hair. But I am going to say this. When your weed becomes your identity, like some fake contact lenses become your identity, uh, I mean, what are you allowing to love you? When you have a man that can't appreciate you for who you really are, who you are minus the sewn-in, glued-in hair in your head, the, the, uh, the tainted lenses in your eyes. What do you really have? So that's the second thing. Men want you to be you. And to be quite frank, sisters, if you can't be you around this guy, do you really want him? Next thing. Men like a woman that has a very, very firm foundation behind her. Now, here's what I mean by that. Times are hard. I understand. I understand that if you just got out of a relationship and you just got a divorce and you just broke up with some guy, it is hard as heck for you to move past that sometimes, especially when your money's funny and things have flown south. But you can still have a stable foundation spiritually. You can have a stable foundation cognitively. You can have a stable foundation physically. It's not all about the Benjamins. As a matter of fact, I would rather, and, and I'm saying this as a single guy, <clears throat> I would rather have a woman that is starting over with scant resources but fully committed 
to doing something about it that I can trust, that has integrity and character, than to have a Barbie doll on my arm that's a fair weather Mary. And I'm here to tell you, ladies, I'm not the only guy that feels that way. Real men, they are looking not only at the standards, and I'm not talking about something corny like you got a 90-day rule. What I'm talking about is the standards that you set for yourself that you live up to. Because being very honest with you, how can you expect someone else to live up to something that you can't live up to yourself? Well, that gives us a good start. I'm going to come back and give some more examples to this thing. We're going to take about 55 seconds and put on a little bit of music, and I'll be right back with you. You do not want to miss tonight's show. Again, you're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. If you want to call in, hit us at 646-478-5610. That's 646-478-5610, and press the 1. We'll be right back in about 55 seconds with our guest. And I've got Nick Theophilo with us all the way from Australia. This guy is awesome. Let me tell you about this dude. Or actually, I'm going to let him tell you about this dude. But Nick is phenomenal. Uh, The thing that you're going to enjoy most about Nick is that he has um, been able to tap into the spirit of what real men are about. And Uh, He came up with this project, uh, and I'm going to allow him to tell you about it, but he he created something that I find just awesome and and really, really phenomenal. Uh, What took place is a few, uh, not so long ago, he created some content, and I really think you guys should check his book out. That, are, that represents that there are definitely good men out there, and these are the kind of men, ladies, you need to look for. Now, before I go any further and screw this up, hey, Nick, are you there? I certainly am. How are you, Dr. Ivan Young? Man, I am great, bro. Uh, I don't want to say anything corny and cliche-ish, but what's going on down under? Is that an appropriate statement? Well, what's going on down under really depends on who you're talking to, as far as I'm concerned. Um, there is indeed a lot happening. Uh, it's been it's very clear to me since uh, I started writing this book, 10 Stories About What Men Are Doing Well, but there's something really... Things have really changed for men a lot down here, and from what I understand in the United States, uh, things are moving along pretty well as well. I gave uh, a talk about... Oh, just over a year ago when I was beginning to write the book, 10 stories about what men are doing well and I I happened to mention it as an aside and um, uh, I had a number of women come up to me and and say well you know I can't think of anything that my my husband does terribly well 
And there were others who said oh, the book is very timely. And uh, I also found that uh, when I mentioned the title, 10 Stories About What Men Are Doing Well, uh, uh, a number of men uh, were nonplussed because they couldn't figure it out either. But there are also a lot of men who said, look, it's about time something positive was said about men because so much of the media uh, tends to be quite negative. Well, they certainly that is how it comes across to them. So uh, in a sense, they, they, these people have been my guiding angels. To, uh, to writing the book and uh, what became very very clear to me uh, when I thought about it uh, about specifically what men are doing well I, I saw very clearly that uh, men, and, men are much more determined to take their place uh, alongside women uh, in bringing up their children you, know, you, you don't have to go back very far in Australia uh, to get the idea that you know, a lot of men were very remote from their kids and, uh, and the women in their lives rightly complained. Um, but there's been a really a great sea change, and it, it doesn't take much of uh, it doesn't take much observation to sit at your local coffee shop, for example, and just watch the mothers and fathers and kids walking past on the weekend um, in parks playing together. So one thing I love watching is when uh, down at my local park you have the uh, the husband and the wife. They turn up with a child who wants to play in the playground. The wife does a, a few laps around the park with her girlfriends while the husband takes care of the child. And then when she's finished, he runs around with a few of his mates. You know, I, I can guarantee you this was not happening 20 years ago. All you've got to do, and another example is, all you've got to do is sit at your local coffee shop near, near any suburban station in the morning like I do, more often than I would like to think. And I'll often see uh, a husband and a wife walking towards the station and the, and, the, and the husband's pushing the pram. And when they get to the station, they give one another a kiss. And either it's the mother who gets onto the train and goes to work or it's the father who, who gets on the train and goes to work. So, you know, roles have become a lot more flexible, a lot more flexible, and men are definitely participating a lot more. And they're discovering they can actually learn a lot from their children too. I, uh, I did a research project for a council uh, here in Melbourne where I, I had to go and visit a dad's group. And the, 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 the level of attention that these men had towards their, their, their children and uh, the, the curiosity they had about their children, I had never actually seen before. And I, I've, I, I've counselled a lot of men in, uh, in uh, one-to-one counselling, in group work, uh, let alone uh, men that I meet, and the, the, the quality of the attention and devotion that these men had to their children was unlike anything I'd seen before. So I thought, someone's got to write this stuff down, because it's important, because so often... Are you still with me? I'm not sure if you're actually Yes, sir. There. I'm listening to you, Nick. You're saying some good stuff. I just want, to, want you to keep flowing, bro. Well... A big thing that I've seen in, uh, in, uh, in my daily life is that a lot of men actually don't feel terribly good about themselves. And this goes across all stratas of society. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are or how poor you are. Most men don't feel terribly good about themselves. And, you know, I, I thought about this and I thought, well, what's the process by... How can I help these men? And what have I seen that actually works? And what I've seen is 
uh, men who come together and they talk about their lives together over quite a long period of time, and, and it might be three, four, five years. And the men, men quickly discover that, you know, we're all in the same boat here. And as their stories, are, as, the, as they tell their stories, they realise, well, you know, you know, I'm no different to them. You know, I struggle just as much as anybody else, and my life is worth living. And the fact that I'd say the biggest thing is, that happens during this type of process is that the men are listening to one another, and and more often than not, it's, it's very non-judgmental. And uh, basic because basically people uh, the the other men are saying, well, you know, this is your life, it's not mine, but I will give you. The, um, I will give you my listening for the amount of time that I hear. Uh, I'm here, and this is, these are major changes that we have in society. Major, major changes. And well, one I, thing, I Nick, see... let me, let me okay. just—I'm sorry for interrupting you, but I got to say this because we have an audience that is—it's uh, a global audience now, and I want to thank you, listeners, for making it that. But tonight, we have a, a very significant portion of women from around the world they're they're checking in from the virgin islands from the uk from canada obviously from australia also from where you are and um all over america and one thing that i want these women to hear and what you're saying nick is that ladies real men are trying to no matter what their station i don't care if the guy is ceo of a of a large company making millions of dollars or he just got out of jail. Real good men, and I mean good men, decent men, they need support. And that support, uh, as much as we want to say we can get that from a woman, and we can, but just like if you hear what Nick is saying, we need and look for this in your man, ladies, and in a man, that they are being supported by other men and uh, in a healthy way. I'm not talking about at some bar or to use another vernacular, a pub or or some nightclub. But I mean guys that are in faith-based groups, that are in fraternal orders and social groups, they get together because I know, Nick, yesterday morning I have a mentor, and and that's another thing to look for, ladies. Good men are not only being mentors, but they are being mentored. So, Nick, yesterday morning I was having breakfast with my mentor, Dr. Earl Allen, and it was a group of men, and all of us have variant backgrounds. They range in age from 20, and Dr. Allen is 80, and, you know, and, you know, uh, I have no problem with my age. I'm 52. So when we're all sitting there talking, we're, we have so little variance in our experience, just like what you just said. And another thing is that we all, at one point or another, were full of crap we were dysfunctional or we were immature. So I want to ask you this, Nick. What would you say to two different audiences? One, Nick, I want you to speak to the women that are listening to this program and tell them what they should look for when they look for good qualities in a man because when they read your book, they're going to find it. But until they get that book, I would like for you to give an example of, ladies, here's some stuff you might want to spot that shows he is a good guy. And secondly, Nick, I would like for you to give some advice to men about how to get connected and if they're not in a good support group, perhaps how they could start one. Well, okay, where will I begin? Uh, Could you just repeat that first question to me? The first question is suggesting to women qualities that they can spot in a good guy. Mm. Look, I think that... um, uh, 
a quality qualities that uh, if they're looking for qualities in uh, uh, in terms of being a good man is someone who'll listen to them. Um, so often, uh, I mean, uh, more often than I, I care to admit, that a lot of men actually talk far too much. But um, <laughs> but uh, but certainly, uh, I would say uh, being a, being able to and want to listen, uh, to to be able to be empathic. Uh, to be able to rec- reflect on their own lives and really talk about their own, to be able to talk th- about their own past, and uh, and speak about it in a way in a, in a measured sort of manner without going over the top, and you know what I think one thing that people have got to remember is that you know all their lives, uh, our life story is one that is continually evolving, so that the story that you're going to get today is going to be it's going to be a little bit different in six months and it's going to be a bit more a bit different in uh, one year ahead as well. So, in a sense, you're witness to an evolving story about the man that you're with. So, uh, I would say empathy is a really big one. And I, uh, it, 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 you know, I, I, got, I was on the train this morning. And I received a phone call to go and give a talk to an insurance company um, that's male-dominated. And uh, what what is the status of what is the status and how are men going today? Now, I can assure you. You know, men were not all that interested in this sort of talk about oh, 15 years ago. But they certainly are today because they want to have a partnership with the woman that they're with. They actually really sincerely want that. And, uh, and as I said, it really is a, wor- a work in progress. If there's one story about uh, the 21st century, I'd say that men, uh, men as fathers are the story because men are becoming much, much more engaged. So... In answer to your question, if the the man looks as if and sounds as if he sincerely has empathy for you, uh, it presupposes that he's actually listening to what you're saying and giving you uh, giving you time to be who and what you are. And I agree what, agree what you said in the beginning. I, I'm actually made some notes here that um, uh, men really aren't all that complicated, uh, and men, and often men's men's needs are very simple. You know, they they just want to be close to the person that they're with. And often, it, often it's really just a hug or hold his hand. It's, it's, uh, uh, I think, uh, to be honest, I think a lot of people get confused that uh, they have to have sex with someone to demonstrate that they really, really love them. Uh, but just as often, it's uh, holding your hand or being that person who listens to you. So now, you know, with that, now, with that said, uh, what can men do that are feeling lost and abandoned and like, okay, you know what, um, I'm really not a social guy. And to be honest, most strong, independent men don't like to turn to people and open up. They don't like help until they really need it. They find themselves hitting bottom in a crisis. But what can a guy that is doing okay but wants to do better, that's not in a crisis, or maybe he just came out of a hell of a, uh, a challenging situation, what do you suggest that they do in terms of reaching out, and who do they reach out to, Nick? Look, I think uh, uh, when things are going well for men, you're, you're, I think you're quite right. They tend not to reach out at all, but it is those occasions they should be encouraged because it is easy to reach out under those circumstances, and they will find out pretty quickly that life is not quite as um, hunky-dory as I would like to think. I don't know if you've got that. Um, have you got hunky-dory as a phrase over in the United States? Yeah, that's a phrase we use. Okay. 
Okay, well, you know, all a bloke has got to do is sit with a bunch of other blokes and they are honestly telling one another their stories and they will find a lot that they will need to look at. So I would say that when things are going well, that is really the best time because they are more open to maybe looking at their own lives differently. I wouldn't... Too many men, too many men come when life has become really tough for them and they come out of a sense of desperation but it is easier if life is going well for them to actually reach out because it's just easier under those circumstances. You're obvious, you know, if life's going well, you tend to be a bit more, a bit friendlier and a bit more likable to other people. So I would say when things are going well, that's the time where you should be reaching out. And being that ear, for example, because there's always somebody who needs, to, who needs an ear. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think uh, more than too often... Men find themselves stuck in hero syndrome, and what I mean by hero syndrome is they want to come across as this guy that doesn't need anybody's help, that he has it all together. And being honest, guys, you don't have to keep that side up. And ladies, when you look at a man, if he is all about what's on his business card or what he's driving or uh, you know, how he's attired, how much jewelry he has on, you are definitely dealing with a guy that's either hiding his problems or doesn't even realize that he has problems. And both of those are things that I'm not going to say are red flags, but they are damn sure yellow flags. Anyway, tonight we're going to be talking with Nick, and I'm about to, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, if you want to have a question or want to get in on the conversation, you can hit us up at 646-478-5610. That's 646-478-5610. Be sure and press 1. But we're going to have uh, Shelton that join this conversation. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back on in about 50 seconds. <laughs> Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Tonight we're having a conversation uh, that is really directed at both sexes, but this is for women, and especially you ladies out there that are attempting to raise a son by yourself or that you are scratching your head and going, why in the hell do I keep getting men that are dysfunctional? Or here's another thing. You get a good man. And I do mean a really good dude, but you emasculate the brother and run him off. Well, I was going down a list of ten things that uh, really screw this up for you. So I'm going to keep going down that list. I gave you the first three. I will recap it at the end of the show in case you missed it, or you can listen to it in the archive. But I'm going to give you three more, and then I'm going to have Shelton Joe Lovett join Nick and I in this conversation. So, ladies, get your pen out. Next thing. Down to earth. Men love women that are down to earth. Now, what does down to earth mean? 
When you go to a restaurant, and, and I'm going to say this because I've dated someone that did this. Every time we went somewhere, they had a freaking complaint about something. They were just always complaining that nothing's ever good enough. I mean, order a salad, girlfriend, with some grilled chicken. If they screw that up, you probably need to leave the restaurant, right? But don't act as if you are to use something. I heard T.D. Jake say once that you just so suchy much. Every time you go somewhere, your hair has to be this. Your nails have to be that. Now, I'm not saying it's cool for you to walk out the house wearing your pajamas with some animal house shoes on looking like Chewbacca. I didn't say that. But what this really means is, you know, sometimes if you don't put your guard down, how in the devil do you expect him to put his guard down, right? Okay. Next thing, every man, I don't care how much he has, or how little he has, wants you to be supportive. And I don't mean that you got to keep slipping him your credit card and handing him five bucks. What I do mean is that you need to genuinely believe in him. And this is what I've told my daughters. If you cannot follow the dude that you're dating or that you think is cute or whatever, you know, you don't need to be with him. And I'm not saying don't believe in a guy because he hadn't made it yet. Uh, you know, when I went back, I was a non-traditional student. For those of you that don't know what that means, that's a quick way of saying old school, older dude that went back to school, right? And when I went back, I had lost everything. Stuff had gotten embezzled. If any of you have read uh, Another Chance, my last book, you'll see that story in it. And now those same people want to walk up and say, hi, Dr. Young. Well, boo, I don't have time for you like this dude had on his rap record. You know, back then you didn't want me. Now I'm hot you all on me. Well, that's, that's real. That is more than talk. So don't throw someone away because they have not become what God created them to be. Often we will criticize the process that, the, that our creator utilizes in order to form and fashion us into what he made us. Because when we become what we made us, that often is really a long way and night and day difference from what we have been put on this planet to manifest, right? Now, here's the next one. Be a homemaker. Now, I did not mean that you need to run around here looking like Betty Crocker or Hattie McDaniel and uh, always got a soup and salad cooked and, and got your high heels on, but I do mean this. Be able to at least cook breakfast. Girlfriend, if you can't make breakfast, you know, people make a good sandwich if you can't cook a good meal. Men are not looking for a woman that does not possess the ability to keep the house where he can feel good about his children or are you and him possibly one day having children or a blended family. You know, most men, and I'm going to say I'm one included, a good man, he may not be the wealthiest guy in the world, but if he's getting up going to work every day, he would like to come home, not every day, sister, so I'm not telling you that I'm trying to make you into Wilma Flintstone, but there is a time that, you know, it won't hurt for a guy to come home to a good meal. It won't come uh, hurt for him to know that, you know, when he flushed the toilet, that water came back up in it, or when he hit the light switch, someone remembered to mail a check. And, again, I am not trying to say you should live in some outdated gender role. However, being a homemaker, you know, God said for you to be a helpmeet and a helpmate, and men are definitely looking for that. Now, with that stated, I have, would like to bring to the show a uh, dear friend. He is a writer, director, 
film producer. Uh, this guy has done so many wonderful things, but he is also clergy, which means he's actually a legitimate pastor that is not full of crap. With that introduction, Mr. Shelton Jolivet, how are you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing wonderful. Great, great, uh, great analogy, great show so far. How are you guys doing? I'm very well. How are you, Shelton? Doing wonderful, doing wonderful. Heard your show. Excellent, excellent, excellent points. Dr. Young, it's always a pleasure to uh, to be with you. Very, very good friend. Thank you for the opportunity to be on the show again on today. Now, Shelton, I want to just I want to jump straight into a question. Nick has, uh, you know, his book, Ten Stories About Men That Are Doing Well. I, I mean, this book is, it, it's really, uh, when I started reading the excerpts from his book, it it made me think about, you know, women are always saying there aren't any good men out there. Or uh, I've seen women that had good men just basically emasculate them because out women are very confronted. They're very uh, quick to say, you know what, I paid a cost to be the boss. If you don't like it, hit the door. They will argue with you for less than any decent reason. So sometimes women don't know when to protect themselves and when to let that guard down, because this is a guy that's not going because, and I'm going to give you an, ex, uh, an example, Shelton, and I'd like for you to address this. I have seen women raising a boy, and let's say the boy is eight or nine years old. They have raised this boy basically by themselves, so now they finally get a decent guy in their life, right? And the guy mm-hmm. tells the boy, sit your behind down and stop acting a fool. And the woman says, don't you talk to my child like that. And then she wonders why this little brat ends up going to school, getting his butt in trouble at 13, and it's because when she had a decent male in the house that would discipline that child. Now, don't confuse me saying it's okay to be physically abusive to a child. I'm not saying abuse a child, but I'm old school, and I believe in and paddling a kid on his butt when talking didn't work, when taking his game away didn't work, spank his little behind. Tell me, Shelton, how can a woman tell when it's the right man in her life, and especially as it relates to the impact he has on her children? Well, and and that's a great, great analogy, Dr. Young. First and foremost, like any camera, whether it's a digital camera for pictures or whether it's one for motion film, the first and foremost thing you've got to have is the right focus. The issue that women are having and men alike the focus is off. And if the focus is off, you already know what's going to be the end product. If I take a picture of you sitting next to Nick and I don't have, the, I don't have you guys in focus, when I snap that picture and I, you, I go to process it, I won't see you. I'll see what's blurred. I'll see an image of you or something that seems like this could be where you were or seemed like what Nick was or seemed like whomever. The focus is off. And when the focus is off, the entire picture is corrupt. Well, the same thing in relationships. The same thing in men and same thing in women. When a woman looks for the wrong thing or looks for it in the wrong places, she's going to get the bad result, and so is he. A woman, no matter how great she is, can never be a man. I don't care what she does. And a man, I don't care how strong and how how mighty we become, we can never replace that woman. In order for us to be effective as men, we've got to know our place, and we have to know what our focus is. So to help her out, in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the fact of a woman, 
what she should look for is first and foremost, can he do well by himself? Is he self-sufficient? Meaning, where is he right now? And, and you had a great point earlier. I'm not talking about the guy who, you know, fell on some hard times and made a bad mistake. Don't get it wrong. There's a difference between a mistake and a habit. A mistake is, man, I got caught up in the game. I did something that I shouldn't have done, and I regret it. I'm going better. A habit is I'm going to repeat offender. I'm going to keep doing this no matter what. And then that, 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 those are two different people. But when a young lady has somebody in her life who's trying to raise her young man to be a better young man, look at him as the example. Where is he in his walk in life? You know, everybody's not going to be a CEO. Everybody's not going to be a doctor. Everybody's not going to be a VP. There's nothing wrong with being that blue-collar worker. He's getting up every morning. He's making sure those lights are on. He's making sure that the roof is, is, is where you guys are living, is, is well provided for. And last but not least, he's making sure that you're safe at night. I don't care if you're not living where the Joneses. You're not a Jones. You're a Jackson. Be a Jackson. <laughs> the issue yeah, is the focus is off. And when the focus is off, so will the end result be. And the same thing for us as men. I, you know, Dr. Young, I've been out of the gym for three months because of my health issues and, and just inundated with trying to get production up and running. So I haven't been able to work out as I used to. But I went back and looked at an old photo of what I was prior to getting out of the gym. And, man, I had, you know, was ripped, cut, and really looking good. And, you know, we were laughing about it and saying, well, you're not there no more. I said, oh, I'm still there. You just don't see it. It's not going to take long for me to get back to where I was working out the way that I was to get back to the size that I was and the look that I had. But the difference is if you don't exercise those things, you're going to, uh-oh, y'all going to catch this in about two more seconds. You will lose what you have when you don't work it out in a relationship. That's, now, you me, while you're saying that, Shelton, let me, I want to ask this question before uh, it slips my mind. There are times when men are dating really good women and the woman and the man get into this situation. So I'm going to ask you this question first, Sheldon, then I would like Nick to comment on the same question. Um, and that woman is struggling with, when do I trust him? Are there signs, and I'm going to ask you first, Sheldon, that a woman should look for to know that, you know what, you can let your guard down around this guy. Give me two signs, and then, Nick, I'm going to ask you to give me two signs. The first sign is there's no fear. On the onset of the relationship, he's honest. He hasn't given her a reason not to trust. That's the first sign, there's no fear. The second sign, if you have to question yourself whether I should trust him or not, the issue may not be with him, it may be with you. Wow. What about you, Nick? What do you think about that? When is the right time for a woman to trust the man? What are the signs? Mm. Mm. That's a very difficult question to answer off the top of my head. But uh, often, I, often I think to myself, you know, a, a good time to trust a bloke, is, particularly if you've got children, is, you know, does he really want to be part of this family? And is the child beginning to look up to him as a, uh, as a father figure? And how is he responding to that? And the woman can be looking at the woman. It's very easy, you know, the, the woman to, to be able to observe this. And uh, however, it's often very difficult for the woman when, um, and, and I've heard this from women, when they say, "Well, can I ever trust another uh, another man again?" And that's a really, really big thing to overcome. 
And I'd say the only real way out of that is, or the only real way to be able to cope with that is to actually spend some time, indeed, being on your own before you you begin seriously thinking about taking on another commitment. Uh, because the last thing the last thing you want is to uh, uh, have one relationship for five years and another relationship for five years, because it's. Uh, uh, I've never, I've never seen people terribly happy uh, living under those circumstances. So um, that would be the answer to my question. Okay, now I'm going to go well, down a little. Okay, I'm going to go a little bit further down my list. Now, the other thing, and this is like the last few things that a man is looking for about trusting a woman. A man wants to know that you are trustworthy. And that if he has proven himself to be trustworthy, and I'm going to tell you, ladies, my opinion of what to look for in a man that's proven himself to be trustworthy, does he say and set goals in front of you that you see him achieve? Because if first for you to be trustworthy to him, he needs to be trustworthy to himself. But when you see that this man says, I'm going to achieve a certification, I'm going to go to school, and he actually enrolls and completes a semester, or he gets that certification, or he starts a project and he finishes it, that's a sign that he's trustworthy, but you need to give him signs that you are. The next thing, a man wants to know that you can accept him because none of us are perfect. I remember a woman talking to me once, and she, you know, she was saying, well, you know, I want a man, and he's got to have a Mercedes, and he needs to make six figures a year, and, and he needs to be able to give me the standard of living that I'm accustomed to. And I said, okay, okay, that's fair. Because I'm not going to have spent 12 years getting to be Dr. Young and accept a bimbo, but I want to know this. What do you have to offer the man? If every time you look up, the man is accepting things about you, isn't it only fair you can accept things about him? If he already had kids, how can you expect him to abandon his kids to play house with you? If you already know that this guy has a business and he has to work 50 hours a week, you need to be accepting of the fact that he can't do a lot of things that you probably want to do, especially if he's on the ground. So the, a man needs and looks for in a woman acceptance, tolerance, that you can be comfortable with him. And then the next thing is empathy. A man needs to know that not only will you be able to understand what he's been through and what he is probably still going through, but he wants to know that you can do it from a sincere place. A lot of women are empathetic with men for all the wrong reasons. Now, I want to ask both my guests another question. I'm going to start with Nick on this question. Nick, when you were writing this book, there were so many examples of, uh, you know, men doing well. It's ten stories about men doing well. What did you see as a common theme outside of success, but I'm talking about a hidden trait in character or a hidden thing in their persona that caused these men to do well? If you had to say there were some common denominators, what were they, Nick? Well, 
I think uh, a common denominator that runs through all the stories is uh, is the ability to listen to one another and to listen to one another's stories and also the ability to do something that uh, the traditional man was uh, found very, very difficult and that was to accept the fact that maybe for a period of time and uh, maybe forever he would not be able to work and it was a woman who, who would go out to work and he would need to accept that and you know, because life is a very much a two-way process nowadays and um, and that has, that is the major stumbling block for a lot of men, but it's really something that uh, often we really need to accept. I think it's, it's, it's no coincidence that the uh, that uh, the percentage of women in employment now is actually uh, I- increasing, and a lot of men who uh, didn't find it difficult to find work years ago are actually finding it very difficult now. So it's a it's a whole new ball game. And uh, I think another thing running through the book is the ability of men to actually to really want to spend time with their children, really want to spend time with their partner, in, and and also being mindful that um, part of being in a relationship is giving one another time. Uh, so to go out with the girlfriends, for example, even if even if she even if she she has uh, male friends who she really enjoys their, uh, their company, and I'm not talking about sexually now. And I've heard it more, um, so many times I've heard uh, men say to me, God, you know, if she had a good male friend, it would take some pressure off me that at least she would have another male to sort of talk to about stuff. And, and as I said, it's, not a whole, it's nothing to do with sexuality and everything to do with just having somebody outside the family, just let a bit of steam off and just come home a bit quieter. And that's what I often hear, often, often hear from the men when uh, after they spend time with me, and I get this from their wives as well, that the men go home quieter, and they want they want to participate in family life a lot more. So these are these are sort of themes that I see running through. I think there's a new openness amongst men, and and also a sense that you know uh, we are all living longer, and a lot of men are saying, I want to not only live longer, I want to live really well. So. Uh, I don't know what it's like in the United States, but in Australia what we've got is there are hordes, there are convoys of bike riders in the morning and they look terrific. And it's only when you take, they take their helmets off that you realise that at least half of them are over 70. They look terrific. And the reason they want this is because they want to be around longer so they can enjoy their grandkids and actually be healthier as well. So they're, they're the sort of themes that, have, that came through. I think the major thing, the major thing in this book... 10 stories about what men are doing, doing well is it, it, what I hoped people would do would be just to notice more about what's going on around them with regard to men because so often we can be you know, very judgmental and, and, and look, look at men through uh, very uh, which uh, we can look at men through eyes which are not flattering you know, I happen to walk down the street and, you know, the thing that I keep on saying to myself is, and I see this, is that people are looking for love. They, they, are, they want to love and they want to be loved. You know, I don't walk down the street saying, who's going to beat me up as soon as I turn the corner? I walk down the street and say, these people want to be loved and they want to love and I think that people need to be treated on that basis. And what I've found is that, you know, life's much better. And that's what I'm hoping that this book will get across. It's not a magnum opus. It's just a book. But that's the sort of point that I'm trying to get across. Let me ask you a question, Nick. When you see this situation in men, 
the need to be loved, the need to have to matter, I guess just to put it mildly, that someone really cares and that they want to care. Why is it, in your opinion, that you think there's this stereotype that is so prevalent that men don't have feelings, and if you see a man expressing the fact that he wants to love, be loved, be cared for, that, uh, you know, there's this old saying, nice guys finish last. Do you think that there is a fear that for men in opening up and telling a woman and being vulnerable to a woman? Look, you know, I think each case needs to be taken individually, and certainly it's, uh, I agree with what you say, but, um, um, some uh, a lot of people can look down on the fact that a, a person can be uh, emotional and cry. But let me tell you, it wasn't so long ago that uh, a president from out your way said that child who was killed could have been me when I was young. You know, that, uh, a, president, a president would not have said that five or even ten years ago. And what that tells me is that there is a new openness which has been given legitimacy so that the world is changing where men can become can men can be a lot more expressive than they were in the end you know we all want to be known including all our frailties and that in a sense uh, if you're going to be open with somebody in that sense uh, in a sense you've got to really uh, uh, pick the person who you're going to be like that because you might you might get a reaction that you don't want in which case you obviously pick the wrong person wow Okay, Shelton, uh, to ask you a very similar question, I have noticed in my practice that there are a lot of men that are becoming very clingy to women that uh, mm. want the woman around 24-7. If it's out of sight or out of mind, they don't trust her. Uh, or the exact opposite is there. The guy is dealing with a woman that, in just in simple terms, for lack of a better description, they're dealing with a woman because she has curves in all the right places, and she tells him what he wanted, what he wants to hear. But in fact, she doesn't bit more have that guy's interest at heart. She's looking at the benefits and not the man. What do you think is wrong with some men that they keep uh, making themselves available? to women that mean them absolutely no doggone good and pass up a good woman? It's, uh, it's, 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 it's multi-level, the issue, uh, Dr. Young. First and foremost is they have lost their identity. They, uh, they, they don't see themselves as the man. They don't see themselves as who they really are. You know, the worst thing that a lion can do is lose its roar. It's the worst thing he can do. You you remember the old story of, of uh, the Lion King with Mufasa and all of them, and when he told Simba, you know, all of this is yours, but in time. And when Simba ran away, Simba became so weak, so 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 vulnerable, so subject to everything that was out there. Until you remember, Nala came all the way back and found Simba, and the one thing that she said to her, I will never forget this in, in my entire life. She said, "I thought you were stronger than that." And it wasn't until Simba realized who he really was that he came back and took over the pride land. The same thing happens to us as men. When we allow ourselves to get put into a situation where we lose that sense of strength, that sense of uh, a masculinity, if you will, then we fall for anything. Then we go and look at we want the beautiful woman with the curves and the pretty eyes, only for her to take off that fake curve later on and, and, and remove the contact lenses. 
We want the woman who has the nice, pretty teeth, only to find out, you know, later on, if she don't polish them every other day, they're going to be just as stained as anybody else's. You know, it goes back to something that you said earlier. When you only focus on the external and there's nothing inside, you'll be left stranded. And the reason why we do that, Dr. Young, is because we've lost our identity in ourselves and we've lost our focus. Same thing for a woman. You know, she means him no good, but she wants, you know, she wants that man with a six-figure income. I, what's amazing to me is when we want those things that other people have, what are we willing to do to make sure that they keep it? Because if we're going to do nothing but suck them dry, they ain't going to have a six-figure for long, male nor female. If we don't do what we need to do to enhance those curves or the pretty eyes or the pretty pig, then they lose that as well. You've got to know who you are and whose you are. It goes all the way back, Dr. Young, to the book of Ephesians. When a man knows his role and a woman knows her role, and I'm not trying to idolize anybody. I'm not trying to say a woman is the weaker or a man is it. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying when we don't know who we are, that's when we are, are opening up the door for so many problems, so many issues, so many frustrations, and most importantly, so many failed or unsuccessful relationships, if that makes any sense. That makes a lot of sense. I, and, and to just uh, add something to that, and I've got one question. I know all the single moms are going to really want to need to listen to this next question. I'm going to ask Nick and Shelton. But, ladies, in essence, it's one thing to find a man that is well-endowed, and you know what I mean by that. But if he's well-endowed, make sure he's well-endowed emotionally and spiritually and cognitively because if he's only well-endowed physically, that may satisfy you for a moment, and it may impress your girlfriends when you thought, but it's not going to impress you late in the midnight hour when you need to count on his character to get you through. Now, Nick, here's a big question. For the single mothers out there that are raising, uh, let's say, a boy that's preteen or in his teens, what ingredients would you say that the mom, the single mom, where dad is just not present or he's in and out, what ingredients can mom put into the psychology and into the environment of raising that kid that you think will help him to develop to be a good, decent man? Give me an answer in about two minutes, Nick. Uh, well, I think she, the, the first the thing that she needs to say is that my, my child needs you. My child needs you to, to listen to them and try and understand them. And my child also wants to know who you are, where you've come from. Kids love hearing stories. And they they love hearing honest stories even more because that really connects them with uh, with the older person. But, you know, kids are no different from older people. You know, they just want to be understood. And they will, they will do, they will do, if you're honest with a kid, they will do their best. That's really deep. What about, Nick, when the kid is acting out and doing crazy stuff and, and the mother is sitting there going, you know what, daddy's not a factor. I've, I've put shoes on him. i put a roof over his head. I, you know, I'm doing my best with this boy, and he keeps acting a damn fool. Nick, how does a mother chastise a kid like that without turning him into the enemy? Well, that's a $64 question, isn't it, when you've got, uh, when you've got a kid running amok? Often, 
what what younger what younger kids need nowadays is older people who they can look up to and respect. And this is where grandparents come in. This is where an older person who is a presence in their life, who is an understanding presence in their life, who can be there with the mother and stand by her in being with the child. And this is, I mean, the, the, you asked the question before, how does a woman know uh, whether uh, this man's good for her with her children? Well, you know, she, all she's got to do is watch the way that the, the man interacts with the child. And if, if the man really wants to be with the family, that will come across quite uh uh, quite, uh, they will come across quite quickly, and you know, uh, when you when you're in a family, there's a you can spend a lot of time observing, and it's, it wouldn't be such a difficult thing to sort out for yourself. So, definitely having uh, an older person there who the per, the younger person trusts. You know, uh, this is, the, the the word mentor is uh, uh, is an idea that has been around an awful long time, but the word mentor is a, a very very a powerful word and very very powerful concept for for younger kids that I've I've seen it with the younger children that they really do respond well to having someone who they an older person who they trust around them to help them along because in a sense you know kids are going to make mistakes and run amok and it's almost like you have to let them make their own mistakes but there's also such a thing as uh, reminding them that you know this this has occurred how we're going to do this differently next time so you don't get hurt or you don't break that window or you don't end up in jail. So that's my answer to your question. Okay, uh, Shelton, uh, I want to ask you the same question. We're talking about the single mom that's got a kid that is, um, and especially inner city kids, uh, and I'm going to say everybody's a minority in the inner city. I don't care if you're white, black, blue, or green, but the truth is, Lots of single mothers out there, and daddy's family may or may not be present. Hell, their family may be present, but they're crazy, and they don't have anybody to turn to but basically themselves. They're in New York City. They're in L.A. They're in Miami. They're in Houston. They're in Detroit, and the, their fear is, I don't know who I'm releasing my child to, so I've got to take the bulk of this responsibility on myself because, to be honest, parenting does begin at home. What what can you say to that mom about what she could do to help that young male child that's between 9 and 17 years old stay on track? What are the do's and don'ts for that single mom, Shelton? First and foremost, you've got to look um, in your immediate environment. Number one, you know, the social media is banana. There's somebody in your community, there's a male, there's a positive role model that you either work with that goes to your local church or that's involved in somebody in your life. I don't care if it's one of your girlfriends or somebody that you know that's close to you that has a strong male. Go to them and humble yourself. Hey, look, I have a son, and I don't want my son to be a minister to society. I know that you are a good man, and if you don't have the time, can you lead me to somebody that can? It takes a village, Dr. Young. I know for me, you know, my mother, it's, it's ten of us. I have, I, have, I have four brothers and five sisters, but I have so many extended brothers and sisters that it's bananas because my mom and my dad never closed their doors, even still today. So I have so many people that I call my brother and so many people that I call my sisters because that's what we did, and that's what I do. Secondly, if there is nobody then you take it upon yourself until you get somebody to make that ultimate sacrifice. 
The problem is we're so busy trying to make a dollar that we're forgetting that we got children to take care of at home. We're so busy trying to, you know, stay beautified that we're allowing our children to raise themselves. And then we wonder why we have those, those, those nightmares when we finally, you know, look them eye to eye. Well, it's as hard as it say, if nobody's willing to make that move, then you got to do it yourself. But I promise you this. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Otherwise, Dr. Young wouldn't be having this conversation. Mr. Nick wouldn't be have written the book. And I wouldn't be on this phone. There is somebody out there. All you got to do is look. Wow. Okay, with that said, I know we're running short on time, uh, but we're going to take a few minutes. I want you to get your pens out again. Nick's book is a game changer, and especially for two, well, I'm going to say, uh, really, anybody could read this book and be affected, but I'm going to take it from a very personal standpoint and say that what I found most user-friendly about his book is that if you are a woman that happens to love a man that you know is sweating and roaring the hell out of you, or he is worried, just period. He's not thinking uh, that he's good enough or doing enough. I would suggest he read that book. That's one person. If you're a single mom and you're raising a male child, you might want to read that book. And while you read the book, don't just read it for the word. Read between the lines. Read the con- read um, read the context of the stories, not just the stories themselves. Read where they're coming from and what what sculpted and molded and fashioned these guys because these are men that are being successful in their own right. Nobody gave them a silver spoon. And then the other thing is when you have just gotten to a point where you all men are dogs or you keep meeting men, but you keep one. You're And I've got... Oh, God, so many beautiful women that come in my office every week. And if you were to look at this woman on the outside, you would think she's driving the Jag, the Porsche, the Mercedes. She's got the, she's beautiful. She's making figures or high five figures. She can't keep a man because she wants to be the man. She's mean. She, you know, you work with her without ticking her off. Girlfriend, you need to read that book because, what the last quality of the ten that I mentioned is honesty. That's right. The number one thing that men like in a woman isn't your boob size or your butt. They like the fact that you keep it real and you can be honest. Now, with that said, Nick, give us how can we reach you? Where can they buy the book? And even though you're in Australia, man, you know, which I'm so grateful to share this moment with you. Uh, how can they connect with you? Well, um, if uh, they typed in uh, 10 stories about what men are doing well, those words, 10 stories about what men are doing well, um, and uh, Amazon, they will, get to, they will get to the Amazon page and they can, they can buy, buy the book for uh, the princely sum of two ninety nine, which is uh, uh, an absolute steal as far as I can tell. Or if is they that two ninety nine in Australian money or U.S. money? Um, uh, two ninety nine in American money. Oh wow! Okay. Um, and I, I structured it so that uh, you could read it in, uh, read a chapter, uh, each chapter for about twenty uh, twenty minutes before you went to bed, and you have one chapter finished. The other thing they could do if they wanted was to uh, find me on Facebook. Uh, my name is Nick Theophilou, and I, if they look at your uh, your web page, they can uh, they can get to the spelling of my surname, which is T H E O 
P-H-I-L-O-U, but it's all on your webpage. Or they could uh, email me uh, at mentoring, as in mentor, M-E-N-T-O-R-I-N-G, at iPrimus, which is I-P-P-P-R-I-M-U-S.com.au, mentoring at iprimus.com.au, or uh, type in 10 stories about what men are doing well and... uh, uh, if you're curious at all, then you'll find my email address and my phone number even. I'll be more than, more than happy to spend time with people. Thank you, Nick. It's been an honor having you on the program tonight. Shelton, how can people get in contact with you and give us your website and email and phone numbers? Thank you, Dr. Young. It's, uh, my website is www.sheltonjolivet, and that's J-O-L-I-V as in victorious, E-T-T-E, uh, dot com, and then my email address is uh, sjolivet at yahoo dot com, and then of course you can reach me on Facebook at Shelton Jolivet. Wow, hey man, I want to thank both you guys. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to just, as usual, at the end of the show, talk about a few things that will make a lot of sense to you. And I promised you I would recap that list of what men look for in women. So get your pen out. Here we go. The first and number one thing was honesty. Real men respect honesty. In fact, they yearn for honesty from a woman. So to be open and to be honest is one of the best things that you can do. The next thing on that list is empathy. I didn't say sympathy. I didn't say feel sorry for a dude because, you know what, there are a lot of women that will date a man while he has his life totally jacked up. But the minute he gets together, they start sabotaging the dude because they know if he's in a crippled position, he needs you. Well, let me give you a hint, ladies. Empathy is not sympathy. Empathy is taking the time to really put yourself in his shoes because don't you want him to put yourself in his shoes? And I'm not saying literally for you freaks out there, but you know what I mean. The next thing is acceptance. You definitely will win when you are an accepting woman. And I didn't say putting up with some BS. What I mean by accept the brother for what he is. If he's got bad credit, help. You know, he's working. That can be fixed. If the dude is someone that needs to go back to school, encourage him, but don't count him out because he hadn't done it yet. You know, a little bit of acceptance goes a hell of a long way. The next one is trustworthy. If you can't be trusted, boo, you are dead in the water. The next thing is goal-driven. Have your own goals because if you are living through somebody else's achievements, I don't care if he's got a zillion dollars, you will have a zillion problems. Sister, you will not be happy. Keep your house clean. Being a good homemaker is definitely a factor. No man wants to get up in the morning and see your panties laying next to his drawers on the floor, especially if those are yesterday's drawers and yesterday's panties. Now, being supported, that is a big deal. Men need a supportive woman. Inside of every grown man, there is a little boy. And if he can't get support from you, and here's what I mean by that. I know you already tried it, so don't go there and say, well, I did that before, and my credit score was 800, now it's 4. Well, you know what? That was a learning thing. God allowed this cat into your life so you could appreciate the right man instead of the wrong one. Be supportive. If a man takes you out to dinner three times, pay for the fourth time you go, or at least leave the tip. You know, if he opens your car door, push his door open. Men like to get the support back that they give you. Only a fool wants you 
to be a, a trophy wife, because trust me, trophies don't get a lot of attention. Then being down to earth, a lot of women say that men are so full of themselves and they're flashing their job, their key ring, whatever. Well, girlfriend, lead by example. If you are down to earth, more than likely to do to put away his mask, and if he doesn't run, have a firm foundation. It, the word says be a helpmeet and a helpmate. So by having a firm foundation of your own, you know, two people can do very well together. You may not have anything but some mice. Dude may have a pumpkin, but later that becomes a chariot and horses, and you guys can go to the ball and have a lot of fun. Then authenticity. Men love an authentic woman. And I'm going to go ahead and go there. If you're always wearing weave in your head, you know, sometimes take it off. Let somebody see the real you. I don't care if you have a little hair, no hair. Then you're going to find out, is this dude really into you or is he really into what you appear to be? And I'm going to tell you, ladies, men will love you just like you are if you got on a few pounds too much or a whole bunch of pounds too much. If that brother can't get with you in your current condition, you don't need to be with him in his. So be authentic, and that's what you should get back. If you don't get it back, girlfriend, start running. And the other thing is drive. Have the will to be all that you've been created to be. Now, with that said, over the next couple of weeks, we've got some shows coming up that are going to just be off the hook. we got the fabulous Miss Kimball. Rail is going to be coming in in the next couple of weeks. We've got uh, one of the Real Housewives of Atlanta that's going to join the show. We, we've got some dynamite stuff happening, but I'm not going to tell you when and I'm not going to tell you who, but here's what you can do. Follow us on Facebook or go to dyvonneyoung.com. Fill out the information and uh, you know subscribe. You will get the stuff in your email and know where I'm going to be, what I'm doing, and all of that stuff. Now, the almost next to last thing before I get out of here is I want to send a shout-out to my producer, Julia, who has had to guide me through engineering and cockpitting this show tonight. So when you hear the technical stuff tonight, believe me, it wasn't on us. It was on blog, but, you know, this is a global program, so when you have global listenership, you have global problems. With that said, when you cannot find anyone else, when you think that it's just about over, I want you to know that that which was sent to curse you is the very thing that God is going to use to bless you. And ladies, quit settling for less. That sorry-ass man that you got, you know, I'm going to get real corny. Drop that zero and get you a hero. There are a lot of us out there, and I didn't say we were perfect because even Superman had to send his tights and his cape to the cleaners. And by the way, don't get the Superman that wears the tights. But with that said, it's been a great show. You're going to have a fantastic week because I know I prayed for you, and I love you so very much. You have an awesome week, and check us out. I will talk to you Wednesday at noon at lunchtime, love. You've been listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Talk to you soon.